0: It's literally premium seats that are only that are available inside 250 quid. No, no
1: absolutely not doing that.
0: It's not even worth it. There's
2: no band I'd pay that much to see.
1: I, I want to see the Manics again uh, now. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Would you pay £250 to see Muse for the 25th time?
2: When I was going to the buy request gig, uh, the tickets were obviously like going really quickly and all that was then left...
0: Hello and welcome to Do You Love Us, (laughs) a critical analysis of the history, cultural impact, and music of Manning Street Preachers. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I'm joined by Steve Murphy.
2: Hey, I'm trying to Hello. We are
0: going through. The Manic Street Preachers Discography Album by album Track by track Episode by episode Asking the questions Does the context Of a band's career And its surrounding albums Have any effect On the way you feel About music um, We're m- most important, importantly Asking the question Do you love us? Us being Manic Street Preachers The more you think About the title <laughs> The less sense It actually makes But do you love us? But it- <laughs> It sounded like a clever title when I came up with it, yeah. but it turns out it's it's structurally flawed.
2: I mean, it's too late now. Well, how the sausage is made, but what? Uh, how the sausage—it's an expression for like l- looking behind the scenes because you yeah. don't want to see how a you sausage mean is
1: made. Peeling back the skin of the wizard. Yeah,
2: peeling back the skin of the wizard. We haven't actually put a single episode on the internet now, and there's nothing stopping us changing the name.
1: Uh,
2: well, now there is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You should, do you want to go back to the beginning and start again? I actually... Yeah. Should we do the last uh, four episodes again? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool.
2: Can we skip the bad songs?
0: Uh... Then we wouldn't be skipping any of them. I am a Supermanics fan. <laughs> Steve, you're sort of... Uh...
1: I mean, I know of them. I know familiar. some of the history. I know yeah. some more more songs and Sean more songs, songs than other people might exactly. know. Exactly.
0: Um... Uh, Lucas, you don't really have that much awareness of the band and this is kind of your first time going through any of their own. I mean, albums, I have
2: quite right? a large awareness of them now. We do now Probably more than
0: most. Now that we're fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, well, with that in mind, why don't you catch us up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can do this every time. Yes, Make I am. Make me be
2: the person to catch us up. Uh, what does Nicky Wire play? Go. Nicky Wire plays the bass. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> James Dean Bradfield plays the... Lead guitar and sings. Richie Edwards plays the... Not a lot. Sean Moore plays there. Drums. Yay! Yay! You even managed to get a little manic joke in there. That's yeah. how yeah. evolved you've become. Oh my uh, we just an did an episode
2: on the second album, which is called Gold Against the Soul, mm. and it was good. Do you think
0: it would have been a better album if it had been called Sold Against the Goal?
1: Just... <laughs> Say it again?
0: Sold Against the Goal.
1: Again, please?
0: Sold Against the Goal. No, it wouldn't. No, it's terrible. Okay. It's terrible.
1: It's terrible. I don't even understand it.
0: Well, this week, we're doing the Holy Bible. Would it have been better if it was called the Bowley Highball?
1: No, I mean, (laughs) Adam's lost his fucking
0: mind. (laughs) (laughs) I might have said this on the last episode, but I'm honestly so tired. Um, It will
2: will give Adam a manic energy, though. Uh, Oh, manic. Manic, Manic, like the name of the band. Adam.
1: Yes. Manic energy. Yes. Lucas. Manic energy. Yeah. It's yeah. very Adam.
0: good. It's very good. Yeah, it is fucking yeah. Okay, just I mean we have a lot to get. Luckily
1: through. this isn't a dense album, right? And we can just Yeah, we can just yeah, breezy. It. We'll breeze through. Got some through guitars,
0: it. yeah. I obviously have a lot to say about this album. <laughs> it's an important album, not just some uh not just in the Manic's career, but for me it's the first full Manic's album I ever heard. Um and we, you know, we we need to get into it because part my role on this podcast is to provide context for some of the things seen or heard in Manchester Preacher's songs. You'll remember in the Generation Terrorists uh, episode, they mentioned stuff like the Khmer Rouge, and so I gave you a little bit of context about who the Khmer Rouge are, what they did, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, Gold Against the Soul, there's not actually loads of those references, so I didn't have to do it very much. Um, the Holy Bible is almost all those references, so I imagine <laughs> we'll kind of be doing this album line by line. Please God no. <laughs> Which is, in my opinion, what it deserves anyway.
1: And in Adam's opinion, the best thing that's ever happened to him his entire life.
0: Uh one of, yeah. This album no, was No, I an, mean talking about it
1: in extensive. Oh right, <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah, this album was an absolute revelation to me. Um, seminal. It is. That is yeah. a word. It is seminal. That is a word. It is Luke in my words. opinion. A word. Uh, one of the best albums oh. ever recorded. Um, hmm. we're kind of mixing this up a little bit this week because usually I will bring what you know how I listen to music to the table which is to if I really like something to become obsessed with it and research it and do lots of homework and Steve you'll kind of um you will pay attention to lyrics in some songs is that fair to say yeah I seem to be just the most
1: middling person (laughs) yeah I did a bit of that that. Steve you also famously will flip-flop
2: opinions based on who said an opinion last
1: no I won't yeah you will, you will. oh i will i will yeah, yeah. you're right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry sorry sorry. but like
0: you you have songs that are important to you because of the lyrics but also if you're listening to music on the radio you're not necessarily paying attention to the lyrics no. do you know what i mean yeah 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 for and, ex- well
1: for example like i've enjoyed getting to the lyrics of this album but i said to adam oh it's got some bangers on it and he said do you not find it really depressing and i was like no <laughs> it's full of because i hadn't yeah <laughs> so i hadn't really delved in, delved dove I didn't dove into it yeah. until recently, and um, yeah, it's got, some, it's got some stuff on it, isn't
0: it? It's got some stuff. And it changed my of opinion of the album. So, the interesting, the context of the lyrics changed your opinion of the album. It
1: made the album feel far more important when
0: I... Interesting. Okay, yeah. we'll get onto it. That is one of the questions that okay. obviously we're here okay. to ask, is about the context of the music. Uh, Lucas is rolling his eyes because he almost never pays any attention to lyrics. Tell us about your relationship to lyrics.
2: Well, no, I don't not. I don't actively not listen to lyrics, mm. but like Manics, you can't make them out. I would not go and seek them out and and yeah, listen and like read them. There's songs that I could probably tell you every word to, like I could sing along with it, but I couldn't. I've never in my head like put together what it's about. I just go, yeah, I know those words.
0: But do you take your own meaning from them or?
2: Uh not really. The odd song.
0: Okay. It's got
2: like a personal other connection because of something else.
0: Right, so I, I'll usually
1: really connect with certain songs. The band list at the moment, um, but I will, yeah, I'll put my own feelings, emotions of what I'm going through, and something yeah, might might speak out, and I go, oh shit, that's exactly what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, and then therefore I love that song, and I get a bit obsessed, and then
2: I have that, but with songs, but because the song had some direct right. relationship. I'm talking with, about new with a music, particular but, yeah. time. I'll go, oh, that song. Was of a time when X, I was going through X, Y, Z, and then as a result, right. the lyrics of that song do mean a lot more to me than they otherwise would. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Um, but, you, but you also you you um, don't make a habit of going to look up lyrics. No, even even if they're in the booklet of the album. Yeah, I isn't. hate that
2: they get mentioned in every episode. But my favourite band, who shall remain nameless. Yeah. Um, I've got box sets and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I haven't read the lyrics that are in those box sets. I think I have them because I want to collect
1: them. I think with Manics, though, the lyrics are fantastic. They're they're poetry and they're really artfully written. So Mm. they don't come across as clear of what the song is about, I found, until I really went to look into it. For example, um, Adam said to me, when I said, "Oh, it's got some bangles, I said, yeah, but there's like two songs about the Holocaust in it, and I'm like, "Is there?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's obvious," but I didn't. I wouldn't say spoilers had ahead. that the Mausoleum not, was had about. You
2: at that point, not read the lyrics. No, then, and you then did.
1: But then I, I still wouldn't think just listening to the track casually.
0: Oh, this song is about this.
2: Well, that's exactly where I'm going to end up going with this, which is this time Adam made me read the lyrics. The,
0: this is the point: is that yeah. It's, yeah. we've changed it up because this time you have. Listen to the album at least once through, like I, reading I listen, the. Lyrics. I
2: listened to it probably like four or five times with no <laughs> lyrics, yeah, and then yesterday I listened to it twice whilst reading
0: the lyrics. Did your relationship with the album change at all? A
2: few tracks,
0: a okay. little bit, but well, we'll save that because we'll get into it as we're going track but by On track. the
2: whole, like it doesn't make the album "quote unquote" better for me. It doesn't. But that's just make the way it, you listen. To it music, doesn't isn't make it, me suppose. want to listen to it more because it does. The I this. Spoiler alert, I think the songs I think musically this album's a massive step down from the last
1: two. I think it's quite boring. We've just had a lost look at our at listeners? With such
2: a face.
0: I am seething. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's seeping.
1: So
2: and and <laughs> <laughs> and the lyrics don't then just suddenly go, oh, no, but that elevates it. I go, oh, those lyrics, shit, yeah, he- they're heavy. But I don't go, I now really want to listen to Mausoleum.
3: Right, back
0: really? I
2: listen. It just makes me go, oh, now when I listen to it, I'll go, yep, yeah, I can now make... I'll be li- Now, because I know them, I can make out the lyrics that otherwise would be inaudible mm. because it's the Manic Tree Preachers.
1: I'll be honest, I'm, I think the lyrics going into it have made me find it a much harder listen.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: So therefore, I'd almost probably want to listen to it a bit less. I absolutely because agree. Because it came away. I mean, I will go into it, but I decided to have a deep delve into the lyrics when I was up at four a.m. Yeah, with that's anxiety to it. and <laughs> feeling a bit down. And I thought, I'm going to look at the lyrics for Four Stone
0: Seven Pounds. Oh. And that's a great shout as well. Yeah, that's yeah. really going to cheer you up. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But um, is
2: it though? Just because I'm a robot man? Yeah, right.
0: You are, Mr. Robotman. Um, He's a robot. I, do you, do you know? What? I don't. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that um, I, we've talked a little bit about this in like our private life. Um, <laughs> the difference between good and enjoyable.
2: Yes, we yep. talked about that the other day. And I said, but, ask and then me we about said, it on the talk podcast. Talk about it on Mike. That yeah. To you, a good album means. It seems like it means critically worth, worthy of criticism, worthy of reading, worthy of a reading of criticism, of looking into and delving deeper into, and something that's worth has worth in like a discussion whereas to me it's like that's do i actually actively enjoy listening to it because if i don't it's not a good album to me yeah
0: that's actually not necessarily where i'm coming from because i think i i can delve into an album and look at it critically and come away thinking it's not a good album so the fact that you can critically analyze yeah. an album isn't what automatically but makes. but do you good enjoy a lot of the Holy <laughs> bible that is that is the ultimate question for me and the I have a discussion with people sometimes because I'm a pretentious piece of shit. Um, <laughs> he said it. He diff- said it. <laughs> but the there difference it is. between good and enjoyable, and the one I bring up all the time is Schindler's List. Is that looking at it on the face of it, it is a great film.
1: Great film. But never you would seen.
0: never really say that you enjoyed it. It's not yeah. an enjoyable yeah, experience. Get some is, mates
1: round, of a few beers, That shove is on Schindler's absolutely List. Absolutely a fair shout.
0: Do I? Enjoy listening to the Holy Bible, yes and no. I enjoy it because I appreciate it as a piece of art and this like ultimate expression of something. Um, but also for this podcast, I've been going really deep into the lyrics, I've been listening to the Holy Bible non stop for about four or five weeks, and I feel a bit sick.
1: Yeah, you've been not doing too great. <laughs> I, my mental health at the moment is, is really bad, and I yeah. think
0: a big part of that is the Holy Bible. Now, Should I think we that's... have not done this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like I'm I'm almost if if you are if we jokingly call you the robot man, then I am like an empath <laughs> who like mm. feels things deeply, and this album makes me feel ill. Um, it makes me feel scared, it depresses me, uh, it makes me cry. So this is going to be a fucking wild episode of the podcast <laughs> for me.
2: <laughs> but at the same time, there are things that
0: do that to me.
2: Yeah, of course. But rarely is that thing music.
0: Okay, right. More okay. often, it's a film. Do you consider music to be art? Yeah, 100%. Okay.
2: But more often, a film will make me cry than an album. And <laughs> we've done, In fact, we've done this. That the, thing, the things musically that have made me emote strongly isn't necessarily lyrics it's like a it's a really memory touching yeah. chord that like oh gets in there. Oh, okay you. Like, Interesting. Oh, and you feel it and you go oh that's lovely or yeah or a memory of going oh shit that song completely reminds me of that funeral i was at
0: so yep. yeah yeah. yeah it was played at that because yeah. f- it was played at yeah.
2: that funeral oh yeah i couldn't yeah i remember that yeah. that was fucking horrible
1: yeah yeah. yeah. I, know, I, was, I, I was driving home from um dropping my kid off the other day and a song came on and the lyrics are why do all good things just fall apart? And I'm singing along and tears in my eyes. <laughs> but, it you know, I, I can make that connection to music um, from very simple lyrics. Yeah. Although there's just certain, like, uh, audio quotes in this uh, album that, yeah, just really got yeah. to me. And I suppose touched. naturally
0: we're kind of talking about the album uh, now. Yeah. But um, it is... You know, I'll listen to kind of a Radiohead song that can make me feel very emotional. And that is very much because I am imprinting my own emotions onto it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Tom York's lyrics can be quite vague and open to interpretation. And a lot of these aren't. And so, what I think this album does really well is drag you into its world. Hmm. Um, There's not a lot of me bringing my own stuff to it. It's very, it's quite a manipulative album, it's making you feel a certain way. Um, and that is the world is sh- fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll come on to yeah, that later. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the the. We, I just wanted to broadly talk about lyrics because I think that this album does live or die on its lyrics. Um, and I think, I absolutely take your point about the idea that maybe this this album could be seen as boring musically or a step down because perhaps it's not as dynamic. But... I think you are wrong. <laughs> um I think there's a lot of like a lot of the songs share the same texture and mood. Um but I think that's absolutely it's obviously deliberate and it's supposed to evoke a certain concept or or mood. Um and I think I think in general, I have to say, I'm going to throw my own little opinion in here. I think lyrics to the general population are more important than you make them out to be.
2: And I completely disagree.
0: Yeah, well, I know you completely the disagree. The eternal
2: debate between me and Adam. But... if I oh, I mean, my... my, my I agree g- with you both. What's, oh, see, with <laughs> of both. Yeah, well, yeah. I said it last, though, so <laughs> no, yeah. agree with me. What you, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, just purely anecdotally, but since we've been doing this podcast, I've like made an effort to ask a load of people that question, and the vast majority are more on my end of the spectrum than yours.
0: Uh, I wouldn't say... Uh, yeah, I, I would... I'm not surprised that more are on the end, of your end of the spectrum. Spe- Shaw- I'm not surprised that Sean Moore are on the end <laughs> uh, on your end of the spectrum um, but I think that there are more people than you think there are on my end of the spectrum. Otherwise, sites like Genius Lyrics wouldn't exist. Yeah. And it's also, true. people who are
2: going to listen to this podcast who are going to think, what a fucking dickhead. Because if you're listening what? to a manic Dream oh, yeah. Preachers yeah. podcast
0: <laughs>
2: and going into it, you're probably more like Adam than you but are o-
0: like Also, me. I was thinking about this the other day. One of the most popular ways to promote songs at the moment... Are lyric videos? Isn't that just Mm. because it's
2: cheap and people listen to music through YouTube now? Because that's how people listen to music now.
0: Yeah, but that is engaging with lyrics. They could just put the artwork up Mm. or do what Spotify do and do that canvas
2: until. But 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 then do they just open a new tab and go on Facebook and don't don't see the video of the lyrics?
0: I don't know. But I think more people seek out the lyrics than you think they do. Mm. Not that either of us have exact numbers on this, and it's all no. I've got exact numbers. Oh shit! Six. (laughs) Six. Oh six. Okay. That's not many. And Adam's
2: is only three. Oh. So I win. Huh. Huh. So everyone
1: else is on my side? (laughs) Which is to say, easily manipulated. We
0: have a lot to get through. Yeah, yeah. Let's track on. Oh, excuse me. Oh. Are you okay?
1: We'll keep this in though, won't we?
0: Yeah. We have uh, a lot to get through, so shall we kind of get to it? Let's go. I have to say there is not loads of history again just because it's so close like we left them in to, towards like the end of uh, 1993 last time and we're starting at the beginning of 1994 or well the end of 1993 okay let's kick it off wow. as we mean to go on December 7th 1993 um, Philip Hall their their manager succumbs to his lung cancer Manic Street Preachers continue to tour it's obviously very kind of a dark time for Mm. them. Um, I find this album to be a reaction to the last album.
1: Okay. As in um, not as much going on. Let's fucking double down.
0: I think that like the last album didn't sell great. um, And the reviews were kind of lukewarm. And I think the Manics kind of took stock of where they were and thought, let's reassess and let's, get back to the influences that we liked as kids, uh, not kids, well, like teenagers yeah, kind of yeah. growing up, which is like public image limited and wire and magazine and all of these, like Susie and the Banshees, like these post-punk kind of bands, these really like caustic, angular riff based sort of bands. Um, and they wanted to strip back uh, and not do the, Let's record in a mansion that costs two thousand yeah. pounds a day. Yeah, and has a swimming pool and caterers, and live the rock and roll excess lifestyle. The recording company actually offered them Barbados. They were okay. like, do you want to go and record it in Barbados, like the Happy Mondays used to do? Um, and instead of that, they chose Sound Space in Cardiff, uh, which was fifty pound a day. Right, and is in the red light district. Okay, Cardiff. The uh, the rehearsal room is. A triangle and smaller than the room we're in now. Okay. Um, It is... The rehearsal room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can
1: get a drum kit and everyone standing around the drum kit.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Tiny little place um, and recorded on, like, an odd size of tape to make it sound a little bit different. They didn't have, like, the full width of tape that you would usually use. Right. Lucas is just squinting. I'm just
2: squinting, like, (laughs) to what end?
0: Well... To give it a stripped back, kind of, for lack of a better word... Raw? Shit. Okay. Like, this album kind of sounds horrible and grating.
1: I was going to say it's muddy. Yeah. Sounding oh, is a, a good word. word. Yeah.
0: Deliberately so.
1: Whereas the last one was like, crystal clear lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And this is very claustrophobic.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Very, yeah. yeah.
0: And that... There's a lot of compression on the drums. You can't really tell which guitar is playing which part because it's all kind of... It's like sewn together. Um, Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I I, I just see this kind of period as like the band seizing back control. Yeah. Um, Richie had been writing like more and more and more... Um, uh, I've, I've seen various sort of statistics. Like, lyrics were typically 50-50 between Richie and Nicky. And on this, it was more like somewhere between 70-30, 80-20. Richie? Yeah. Okay. He's writing a lot, which is why a lot of people see this album as, like, the window into his mind at this moment. Hmm. Um, the recording was kind of very regimented. It was, like, 9 to 5, except for James, who would, like, often stay until 4 a.m. Um, just doing like layers of guitars. That's kind of how he always works. He's a bit of a workaholic. Four stone, seven pounds was the first song that they recorded. James had just been dumped. He recorded it on Valentine's day. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> wow. is a real, a real vibe.
1: Yeah. It's um, certainly
0: a song that one. So that's kind of like the beginning of 1994 in April, 1994, they go to Thailand where they are like huge. Really? Um, yeah. yeah okay. They were huge at the time. Um, People would, like, meet them at the airport and, like, fans would queue for ages to see them at, like, signings and stuff. Why were they so big there? Do we know? I don't know. Um,
2: there is the odd example of this, isn't there, where bands just randomly get big in, like, Asian countries. Yeah,
0: there's, a, there's that cliché of, like, Japan. Well in, in Japan. Japan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Like Spinal Tap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to come up every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, little tidbit, they were warned not to play repeat uh, as they could be executed.
1: Because it says "fuck queen and country." Because
0: yeah, and I, Thailand was fiercely uh, royalist. Right. Um, they played it anyway. Okay. Because they're cool as farts. Stars and Stripes version. No, fuck off. <laughs> um, Why don't just you like, just and, and <coughs> also, but like things were just escalating, not just in like fan obsession, but in like Richie's life. So like, one fan left a present for Richie, which was a, a box of carving knives with a note on it saying, "Look at me while you do it."
4: Okay, um,
0: and that night Richie goes out onto stage with his chest cut. Um, real kind of escalation, yeah. Um, and it was kind of like the first time that Nikki felt that something was maybe going a bit. Only at this point, a bit wrong. Okay, yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, a lot of the, my notes for quite a lot of these songs is, um, do they not see this cry for help and well, go let's intervene?
0: It's interesting that, that um, there's, there was a really good uh, Radio Four documentary called Master Tapes where it has the three remaining Manic Street Preachers talking about this album from about four years ago. So they're looking back on it. A Holy Bible. Yeah. yeah. And James and Nicky are both saying stuff like they never considered that this was about Richie and they thought that he was writing in character. Okay. Nicky alludes to the fact that maybe he kind of didn't want to think that it was about Richie and wanted to kind of compartmentalise that. Right. As in Do you see just- what I mean?
1: Because he didn't want to think of his he didn't want to think to that be that suffering was what was happening yeah because yeah. it's
0: easier to think the
1: opposite
0: yeah exactly um, also the the Manics are about to be dropped from their record label <laughs> right came down to a vote from like three people and uh, Rob Stringer manages to convince his people otherwise and then moves them to. Epic, which is a subsidiary of Columbia Records. They uh some boring context for you. Mm. <laughs> they moved to like a little sister label. See, I love that shit. I love those little facts. Epic. Uh, on June <laughs> 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 On June the sixth they release Faster. Uh, as a double A side with PCP. Banger. Um Sorry. reaches number sixteen and they do <laughs> this is this is great. They do a top of the pops performance. It's so Faster. wonderful. You've you've seen the top I've of the park performance, haven't you? It's great. All
1: um, I think of that song is Vic and Bob dancing along
0: to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are all dressed in military gear. James mm-hmm. is wearing a balaclava. That's like the height of the IRA bomb. I was going to say everyone assumed that they were in
1: support of that when really it was a um, it was a message about. Out here,
0: it's just a piece of uh, like military sort of thing. i, I I don't think he was completely oblivious to the so idea. Like, like there
1: was a there was a reason why he just had James yeah, across yeah, yeah, his family. about like. anonymity, and, yeah, yeah,
0: and stuff like that. Um, they had like fire on the stage, and it's it is still the most amount of complaints the BBC has ever received for an episode of Top of the Pops. Twenty five thousand complaints for the Man of Street Preachers' performance. Um, and it was them kind of debuting their new look, which is all military regalia. James is in like a naval um, sailor suit. Mm. um sean's got his united nations beret and they're all wearing like soviet medals and army surplus gear very eclectic but very very specifically chosen for like the meaning behind each piece
1: is it also chosen just to piss people off
0: uh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe i think they're definitely they're they're becoming
1: established nikki wire is the biggest troll (laughs) so (laughs) i think the word was uh was Edgelord. Edgelord, <laughs> Edgelord, Edgelord okay, yeah, yeah. that That
0: yeah. is it. Mm. Um, I think they're just seeing themselves as a gang. And the music on the Holy Bible is quite militaristic in places. Oh yeah, I guess. And so. they're talking about things like wars. You know, there's a lot of military stuff and especially world leader stuff right. on the Holy Bible. One song in particular. Go on.
2: Spoilers.
0: Okay. <laughs> we don't <laughs> possibly want to spoil the album that everybody that listens to this episode. I mean it's is Re- it's Re- Revol. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Revol. Revol. Revol.
1: Revel? Revel?
0: Sure. <laughs> um, on the 24th of June, they play Glastonbury. In ninety four. Yes. 24th of June, 1994, which is the least kind of appropriate vibe for a mandatory preacher at this point. Uh, Why? Kind of, well, they, I think they have a very toxic vibe at this point. Glastonbury a was a very different festival back then as well, wasn't it? yeah it was very much the hippie festival yeah you know even still in the early 90s you'd have bands like the levelers playing um, what, what was the Nicky quote that he said on stage uh, they should build some more bypasses over this shithole yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think I love him yeah he's the, he is the best like you were saying you just watched an interview with him recently and he just seems like the loveliest guy yeah. so it's really funny that he like has all these horrible takedowns of seemingly everything
1: He's talking to Rob Brydon about how I I really like your character. Yeah. (laughs) He's really nice. He's like a down-to-earth guy.
0: (laughs) Um, Richie is kind of uh, really declining at this point. Uh, One day he was just unable to be contacted. He'd been on like a two-day drinking and cutting binge. And so the Mannix checked him into a psychiatric hospital at first, the NHS. um, And after a little while, they just take him to the Priory, which gets leaked to the press two days after Revol comes out on August the 1st, reaches number 22. So... (laughs) So they
2: did know... Yeah. They didn't completely bury their head in the sand. No.
0: At this point, it's becoming quite serious. You know? Um, The... uh, He basically has stopped eating. Um, The anorexia nervosa is uh, becoming quite prominent. He's kind of cutting himself more off and he's drinking incredibly heavily. He started talking in, in what what Nikki has once described as psycho babble, where like, he kind of ceased to make sense at some points. He mm. would often call the other Mannix at, like, two in the morning to chat for two hours about a film he was watching, stuff like that. Deeply kind of unsettled at this time. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a
1: heavy episode.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're all going to have yeah. some fun. Yeah. Um, I feel better talking about it already. I can just feel it, like, releasing from me. Good. Um, The main treatment is for the anorexia. The band kind of visit him most days. James starts teaching him guitar. And the Mannix have to play festivals for the first time without him to pay for the hospital bills, I think. Go on.
2: James starts teaching him guitar. Yeah. Wasn't he... Too little too
0: late, In it? A
2: guitarist <laughs> in the band.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't really know well, how to play guitar. That's hilarious, yeah. though, that he
2: actually, like, <laughs> openly is like, I will give you lessons because you're not really...
0: I think it's more about being there for the for yeah. a friend and having something to do. I think that they are, they, at that point anyway, they, you know... It's like anybody, like, when, when they're, like, 25 and you get a bit closed off in a group of mates and so... When you're visiting your best friend in hospital because they have anorexia and mental health problems, you don't want to like wallow in it with them. You You want to have a reason to go. Yep. I I mean, I
2: just think of all the things. It's quite funny that he's teaching him to do the thing that he literally does professionally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine, but he's been the lyricist in the band as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but like on stage, he would
2: have a guitar and do some stuff with it, presumably. But I guess not plugged in sometimes.
0: Oh, or sometimes what do, or, in or would you just stand
2: in. around like Bez?
0: <laughs> well, we've talked about how he's kind of like Bez, and yeah. he's spoken about like using the face of the, the guitar as a fashion accessory. Mm. And yeah, he's like the front man and the the uh, the spokesperson for the band. Mm. The Holy Bible was released on the 30th of August, 1994.
1: That's my birthday. It is my
0: fifth birthday. Happy birthday!
2: Thanks, oh, I thanks, got a massive bit of personal information. Yeah, though. I know. Prepare to get doxed. <laughs> By uh-huh. Lucas. <laughs>
0: it's 13 tracks long. It's 56 minutes. It's produced by Steve Brown. Fucking weirdly, it reached number six in the album charts. Like, it sold pretty well. 22,000 copies in its first week. Um, Is this because of all the press that's come out, though, about... Could be. Like, could they be. were prominently... That, and it got basically universal critical acclaim. Okay. It is going help. <laughs> it is hailed as uh, a masterpiece by most critics. Um, and to give you an idea of like the musical landscape, it came out the same week as Definitely Maybe by Oasis. Different vibes. Different vibes. <laughs> uh, Park Life had just come out in April. Different, different, different vibes. vibes. Uh, a similar kind of vibe is the fact that obviously, like the Seattle grunge thing. Had kind of hit its peak, mm. and Kurt Cobain had um, had killed himself earlier in the year, in April as well. Actually, um, something that actually okay. affected Richie quite a lot. Interestingly, um, but that just gives you an idea of how out of step they actually are with the musical landscape at the moment. Yeah, um, they've always been a bit of an outsider band. You I mean at the, been... at the moment no, in twenty twenty, or at the no, I mean in 1994, 1994, but yeah. also twenty twenty. Well, yeah. They've always been just a bit out of step. And not even necessarily forward-thinking. Mm. Sometimes, you know, they're just—they've never been what's fashionable. Well, for example, Generation Terrorists,
1: they were—they were eighties they were de- hair metal, yeah. in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, this, you know, yeah, post-punk in a time <clears> where <throat> grunge and, you know, lads, part life, beers, uh, roll with it, I'll go out to feed know, the pigeons. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I love a bit of it. <laughs>
0: Do you ever do that thing where you just... If if someone's describing their day to you... Park life! You just shout park life when they finished. No. no, Same, same. I've been listening to Manic Street Preachers. I really like their lyrics and find them quite interesting. Park life! (laughs) (laughs) Try it at home. (laughs) With your friends. One one for the dads. right, um, I'm going to bring out a big copy of the artwork i saw this on the shelf not this size but uh take this from me that is large it is large um that looks nice though oh it's so nice I, i'm i'm showing I say, him, like, the, it, yeah. uh, the the 12 inch box for the uh 20th anniversary edition of the holy bible um it's a very striking piece of artwork i think we can agree it's by Jenny Saville. It's called Strategy. South Face, Front Face, North Face. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the uh the track listings on the front to leave room for yeah. the quote on the back, which is long. <laughs> and of course, there you go. There's a good example of them. A picture of them on the back. That's kind of their military In regalia. Military. Oh, with halos over their heads. Garb. Yeah. Any kind of thoughts on that artwork initially?
1: I mean, I mean, it's doesn't look very nice. <laughs> it's about body yeah. image, right? Like, yeah, um, absolutely. The way someone will probably see themselves mm. if we're going into the anorexia type thing, people might see themselves like that when they're clearly not, and for they, sure. just,
0: they just don't. Yeah, yeah. It's... It also like I think that the way that she's kind of staring at the viewer, she looks very almost defiant, and I think this is a very defiant album.
2: Was it made for? No. The album.
0: No, it's by an artist called Jenny Savile.
2: It wasn't, yeah, fine. It wasn't by Jenny Savile, made for... No,
0: Richie saw it in the Saatchi Gallery and wanted to use it. And they wanted £30,000 to use it. Um, But after the artist, Jenny Savile spent half an hour on the phone with Richie. She gave it to them for free.
1: Oh, wow. Ledge.
0: Because he kind of talked about the concept of the album and, uh, yeah, you know, his point of view, where he was coming from. Um. So, yeah, like I say, conscious effort to strip back, return to influences that they'd forgotten. Obviously, there's, you know, uh, all the angular riffs. And it's just, for me, a very dark, uh, emotionally intense, very nihilistic album. It's an album that examines human cruelty. Um, And it's, like, an ultimate artistic expression for me. Like, imagine thinking, like, you're about to be dropped because you made what you thought was going to be a popular rock album and then just fucking doubling down on one of the most aggressive, depressing, caustic, uh, atonal, but also melodic albums ever recorded. Hmm. Fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is a real statement. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Give me your general thoughts on the album, Steve.
1: Um, it. I don't even know where to begin. It it really struck a chord in me when I started going deep into it. Um. it's, it's again that thing of I really like the album for what it represents, mm. but it is a tough listen. Yeah, and I wouldn't say I enjoy it. Yeah. However, faster is a banger. <laughs> faster is a banger. <laughs> um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. Faster is my favorite song on
2: the
0: album. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a banger. Yeah, yeah. it is. An and the only banger. banger on the album. <clears throat> okay. Well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well how, okay. So,
0: how deep gone? did you go into the lyrics, Lucas?
2: I read them. Yeah. Whilst listening to the songs. Okay. Twice. And I did do a bit of clicking on Genius. Okay. Um, you know, like on certain lines. Okay. And then, like.
0: Give me your general thoughts on the album. Don't rate. Don't rate. Don't rate. <laughs> okay. Why? You you are obviously aware that that is probably an unpopular opinion. Yes, yeah. I'm
2: aware that I'm going to get cut up. Yeah. <laughs> my name isn't really Lucas.
0: Just <laughs> you, you. it's robotman <laughs>
2: If you're looking for me, that's not really my name. We've we've changed his voice for yes. the purposes yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. Uh. Well, as established, since lyrics aren't a, as big a deal for me mm. as many others, uh, I. Well, I listened to it the first few times You know, just listened to the music And didn't rate that much Because I found it more boring And by the numbers And sort of didn't have as much to it Max the cat has just jumped on the table Oh, the cat's just jumped on the table He's going to eat Lucas's pizza (laughs) That's nice Um, And then the lyrics, whilst very interesting And interesting to read That's the thing, they're an interesting read Like They don't necessarily change the music
0: Right, they don't it's change like it, it, the songs. It'd be yeah. like
2: how I would find it very interesting. I'm sure to read Richie's diary. I'm sure it would also be a very interesting read. Yeah, be like shit. That's heavy,
0: but you wouldn't enjoy it.
2: Uh, uh, well, yeah. no, but what I mean, well, what, 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 what I mean is that doesn't pertain to the music for me. Right, like some songs. There's a few I did write on one of the songs. Okay, I enjoy this song now more because the lyrics. Fuck you, Adam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, Adam uh, wins yeah. <laughs> we, will,
0: we, will, we will get to it um,
2: But on the whole I won't go back and listen to it
0: okay. Interesting Well let's see at the end of the episode When we've done all of the horrendous context Of some of these songs
2: Adam's just struggling to unlock his phone there To play the song
0: um, Well I was going to give you a quote from a review That I really like That I think sums up the, um, the sound of the album uh, It's from Melody Maker Did you ever uh, we, I, I recognise those words okay, cool Sounds as though it was created under so much pressure that songs that would once have been fat, rampant anthems have buckled, been crushed and flattened, broken down, emerging as thin, white-hot strips of purest vitriol. See, I yeah.
2: think I'd probably prefer the anthem. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. <laughs> I tell
0: you what, I'm going to make a prediction here. You are going to like the next album. You're going to like everything, Muska. All right. You're going to like it more than Which less. surprises
2: me, because... From what I know about the timeline of the band I expected the next album to be a dark and broody affair Interesting Because of what happens We it's are getting heavy. ahead yeah. of ourselves yeah. um, I'm very aware that the cat is probably going to start Knocking out cables in a 2nd
0: Yeah, be right. Let's go You can buy her You can buy her This one's here This one's here This one's here This one's here Everything's for sale <laughs> you want if you've done all that other stuff to him if you want to call him rita tear his cock off if you want you might as well it's it's up to you in for a penny in for a pound absolutely uh that should be the name of the song in for a penny in for a a a pound
4: pound.
2: (laughs) jesus christ i feel Uh, like this episode isn't allowed to have jokes i think it's (laughs) it's it's a heavy album
0: yeah i'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit it's it's uh this is a bold opening i think
2: It will literally with a quote that's like selling kids.
0: Yeah, you can buy this one's here, this one's here, and this one's here. Yeah, Yeah. everything's for sale.
2: Actually, doesn't necessarily say that it's It's
0: not. It's from um, it's from a documentary called Hookers, Hustlers, Pimps, and Their Johns, which in the ever never ending quest of context, I watched last week, and it is a fucking bummer. (laughs) Um, It was made in 1993 and aired on. Channel Four, um, I think that that I think that I I've, I really love the sound. Cl- I love everything about this album, and that's the end of the episode. We'll yeah, see yeah. Thank you weeks. for listening, <laughs> Matt Mannix podcast. I really love the use <clears throat> of sound clips on uh, on this album. Does it a lot? The little samples, yeah. I've never heard it anything works like in it in this so album. It? Yeah,
1: but I usually am not a fan of that. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. think it's like someone just trying to be like, oh. Yeah, I
0: and think... it's
2: also not something they wrote. It's just like, look, someone yeah, yeah. else said this thing, but I'm going to co-opt it and be like, look yes. how cool I am. But, but
0: however, they does... I probably don't really... think that's what's happening here. The, the, like those those samples are giving you context. context. They are giving you context. <laughs> they're giving you context, and they're giving you like clues as to what the song is about and stuff. Like, oh, so obviously this song is about prostitution. Yeah, I've written that. Oh, great. Now, tick.
2: The reason I said uh, selling <coughs> children is because I saw a thing that said this album tuckles subjects like child prostitution, which made me assume it must be this song. I but think, it doesn't um, actually specify anywhere, really. It just, it's just about prostitution. Uh,
1: it is. I, um, Don't hurt, just obey, lie down, do as they say. Fun episode. Yeah, fun what a <laughs> fun
0: episode. Yeah, is um, it much
1: more like in terms of your girl's going to go deep into it? But it's it's mainly around that. Why did they decide to write about this? Did they do it in reaction to the
0: documentary? I think that um, Richie is drawing a parallel with um, sex workers being dehumanised and used, uh, and being a musician. And yes, that and was my hot take. Him feeling exploited by kind of the media focusing on him self harming and his mental state, and and fans to a degree as well. And I think he's drawing a parallel between uh, sex work um and forced prostitution um and the music industry there you go there you go
1: whether we agree with that <laughs>
0: um I think it really sets the tone of the album um it's this is uh, the first time I put this on in the car with my dad uh we listened to the song three times in a row I just had to like it just really struck... I couldn't I couldn't understand a, a single fucking word of it. Yeah. But it's got such a poppy and upbeat this is melody. What, this is
1: what I was trying to say is, like... Yeah. It, it's quite
0: light-hearted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For but sure. But then you listen... In these places, yeah. I mean, it's not like... <laughs> beer. For 200, <laughs> anyone can conceive a god For
1: 200, anyone can conceive a god on video. Oh, that's yeah. such... That's...
0: That's <laughs> such a good line. I don't know what it means, but it sounds great. Oh, there's so much that it means. Steve. <laughs> oh, Adam, Adam <there> is air <laughs> grabbing. <Literally laughs> He's grabbing, grabbing the air. air. <laughs> in these plague streets of pity, you can buy anything for two hundred. Anyone can conceive a god on video. Talk to me. Oh, there's so much that it's about. Well, I mean, first of all, you've got like in 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 the first verse, you know. It opens with the line, for sale, dumb cunts, same dumb questions. Oh, virgins. Listen, all virgins are liars, honey. Um, which is then drawn back to when you're talking about the fact that you can conceive a god. They're kind of talking about virgins and maybe immaculate conception. Or humans as this idea of an object of worship, which is quite a Nietzschean sort of superhuman mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, do, do you know You know about the uh, the Ubermensch? No. Superman that uh, Nietzsche wrote about in uh, Thus Spake Zarathustra. Uh, do, do I know about that? <sighs> it might have...
1: Or did I obsess it, with the band Lit once? <laughs> <laughs> huh.
0: Remind me. Remind oh, me. Oh, it is not important. No. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, that, that whole <laughs> chorus is about yeah. um, maybe producing, like, an object of Uh, of worship but also the fact that you can even do that if you've got enough money to pay for it. Right, okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: everything's so you can buy anything you want. Yeah,
0: and everything is an object. As long as you've got money. Just because it's an object of worship doesn't stop it from being an object. Yeah. It's an object to own and you can tie his hair in bunches fuck him and call him Rita if you want. If you want. If you want, you could do it if you want. If you've got $200 that's what you can do or you can conceive a god on video. You can tear his cock off if you want. If you want. (laughs) Um, and 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 I think the stuff that tear, tear, yeah, yeah I know, yeah, I know, it's yeah just already it's it makes you feel grim yep, imagery, yep, 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 yep. grim <laughs> That was I the most eat, partridge <laughs> thing. <laughs> so I eat and I dress and I wash and I still can say thank you. Puking, shaking, sinking. I still stand for old ladies. Just kind of
2: that's that that lines from the perspective of a prostitute, isn't it?
0: Um, let's use the term sex worker. Because it's twenty twenty. Um mm. I think I think yes, but also Richie. Yeah. Like as fucked up as I am outwardly I am appearing fine.
2: Although was he.
0: Can't shout, can't scream. I hurt myself to get pain out. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: See that's the line where I was I literally wrote on my notes surprised they didn't notice yeah, yeah. that and start intervening immediately. But they knew You he don't want to think though.
0: that about your mate though, do you? Especially in the like early 90s, mental health in men wasn't yeah, talked about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. today. As I feel like today
2: people would probably be more inclined to say, are you alright? Yeah, exactly. I don't because know. You, I,
0: think I, think I think we actually old. live in a bit
1: of a bubble. Like, um, we're 15, we've got a big group of mates. Oh, and we're hashtag we're ha- th- big mates. We're big mates. We're great big fucking mates. Oh, big mates. We're all men in our 30s. And we're quite openly talk about our mental health quite mm. often, and I don't think that's the case with a lot of men still, even in 2020. I think we're very lucky. I'm just saying that
0: we've got that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a complete segue. I don't know where I'm going with this, but no, I I think you're absolutely right, and I think but it, it was that, very... that kind of infrastructure and openness wasn't there in the early 90s. Yeah, even more so. So you yeah. didn't you didn't want to think that about <clears throat> about your friend, you know, and you certainly maybe I'm, I'm not leveling this at any of the manics, but maybe you didn't want to talk about it. Even if you did suspect it, maybe it, maybe it's something that goes on unspoken about. Mm. Although I I feel like that the Manics probably would have all talked to each other. Because they're also hashtag big mates. They were big That's the mates. Uh, I teed big them mates. 24-7 all year long. Any guesses on what T means? I had to look it up. Uh,
1: What's the word? Oh,
2: uh, toss.
0: Yes, it is.
2: I oh, know, I just clicked on the thing on Genius. Oh, yes. It's got it spoiled for me. It's
0: toss off, yeah. Um, It's uh, a sex act. Um, Purgatory Circle, drowning here. Someone will always say yes. I love the imagery of just an ambulance at the bottom of a cliff. This idea of like an intervention coming too late. Oh, yeah. Like not stopping somebody when they're at the top of the cliff, just putting an ambulance at the bottom of it to treat them after they've fallen.
2: And also it took the album less than half a song to get to suicide, which is much more (laughs) manic speed. Yeah. Yeah. The last album there was a very surprisingly small amount of suicide going on yeah uh
0: the only certain thing that is left about me there is no part of my body that's not being used really powerful song um especially to start an album with it's such a a message of intent but also it's like catchy really
1: catchy i will
0: find myself walking around the flat just There's being like, a-
2: I was doing that yesterday. but <laughs> yeah. wh- hit. So, this is strange.
0: Yeah.
2: I didn't rate this song, musically speaking. I thought, right, it sounds like one of the songs on one of the previous two albums where I'd go, eh. Although,
3: eh.
2: and then and the
1: guitar, once I read the lyrics, you can talk about the time signature. It's off. Yeah. And, it, and that's what starts off you feeling uneasy about the album.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say that. But yeah. once really I knew the action.
1: lyrics, I
2: then was walking around the house singing them. Yeah. I, I was singing along to it like I it only Once I knew anthem. the lyrics, without the lyrics, I was not, I, this song didn't register. Yeah. Already, but then, not, but is it just because I had lyrics to sing? Otherwise, I'd be going. <laughs> it's like, the even
3: same.
2: that
0: is like catchy. That's such a good melody mm. for such a like disturbing song. Also, just the the, um, the guitar part is just—it's
1: it, uneasy. It's—I
0: don't know what this time signature is. I don't think that it really exists. It's one bar of four, one bar of three, and then two of four. So I—I I think it's seven eight.
1: Yeah, but you can split that down into smaller bars. Three point five four. Never mind. Steve, <laughs> yeah. you're the
2: drummer. You're supposed to be able to explain this to us with exact.
1: You—you you could just—you can make. A time signature work it doesn't, I, I can visualize in my head, but I can't, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> I just like that. Like, you
1: can yeah. have four, four, then three, four, then you've got like web two, four. You could just have three different parts, doesn't matter. It's boring. Carry on.
0: This, this perception that you know that that you maybe had at the beginning of the podcast that Manchester Breaches are a dad rock band, though, has got to be somewhat subverted by the fact that they are opening an album, uh with the line dumb cunt same dumb questions in a song that is potentially in 7-8 oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah Yeah. yes <laughs> yeah. oh I see what you did there oh uh... yes yeah. like yeah. the song this was supposed to be a single but for reasons that will become clear later um, it wasn't also probably because it's like five minutes long it's got the word cunt in it <sighs> like <laughs> there's loads of reasons why that wasn't a single um, probably one of my favourite songs ever recorded. Uh, yes, yes. And any more thoughts on on yes. yes, yes, yes. Any more thoughts on yes, yes.
2: Having now read the lyrics, like the song, it definitely does stand out to me a lot more. Mm. Like when you're talking about our context, does the fact that I don't care so much about the lyrics matter? Like, yes, now when I listen to the song, I'm now thinking the lyrics along with it. And so that gives yeah. the song more weight.
0: Mm. I mean, I think... I think but it of...
2: doesn't mean I'll be more likely to go back and listen to it.
0: No, I'm not saying that it will. Do you think it will change... I, th- I think I think this this whole podcast would be a victory for me if you said, the Manix are a really good band and I will never listen to them again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm worried that the opposite will happen.
0: What, that you think they're crap, but you'll listen to I'll them say, all the time? I'll
2: say, I'll say, all yeah, right, but there's a couple of bangers, and they're going to go on my, like, regular playlist that I listen to.
0: Oh, for sure. You I mean, wait, you wait, you again, wait, you I wait. I tell you
2: what. Gold Against the Soul's going on the playlist already. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> okay. So, the preposterously titled, <clears throat> If White America Told the Truth for One Day, Its World Would Fall Apart. I
2: wonder what this song's about.
3: Thursday, you're invited to watch Rising Tide's live coverage of a gala tribute and salute to Ronald Reagan. Host Haley Barber joins special
2: guest Lady Margaret Thatcher in celebrating the former president's 83rd birthday. Tickets are $1,000 a plate, but you can see the event free on GOP TV. (laughs) (laughs)
0: America, it? <laughs> um I think it's much more complicated than that. <laughs> no,
1: that's it. <laughs> nah. um, I see what you mean, military yeah. the drums in that. That's very, very military, very, yeah. Um That's a great I, that's a great drum track. Can the fucking apostrophe in the title
0: winds me up so much? It's so annoying. Oh, Is it even grammatically correct? It's Yes. Is it it's, it's a possessive possessive. Yeah, it doesn't need it. Does uh, ruin
2: the uh format. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um I think that's all there is to say about that song. Yes, yes, yeah. So the next one is um... <laughs> um I just don't know how when he received those lyrics he put music to it. The...
2: <laughs> it's so a, a lot, lot of, of and there is some interesting slogans, like right? stuffing lines in a few times. Oh yeah. where he's sure. like, really haven't to Play with the yeah. like the rhythm but to doesn't it to work, fit in though? the word Nicaragua.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm confused by the message of the song. Yeah,
2: yeah. Really,
1: because it seems pretty
2: fucking on the right on the plate. Well, go on,
1: go Just discuss. Well, because it changes halfway through. Of there's not enough white in the stars and stripes, so there's too much white in the stars and stripes. Mm.
0: Are you getting that from reading the lyrics or from what you could actually like just pick up?
1: Oh, from what I pick up. I mean, like, when I read, it's sort of on the surface about racism, United States segregation, but I kind of. It's like blind patriotism?
0: Yeah, for and sure. And, like,
1: kind of ignoring what else is going on in the world? Absolutely. That's what I got from it.
2: But also worth noting, when it says there ain't no black. There ain't no black in the Union Jack and there isn't there ain't enough white in the stars and stripes. Yeah. That's, That's conservative so that, I'm doing quotation yeah. fingers. Conservatives say and democrats say. Whereas the opposite view is we say. Right. As in from a different yeah. perspective, the perspective of we the people, not the those, okay. up, those up top.
0: Although the interesting thing about the first time it goes around <clears throat> is it says, um, Conservatives say
1: Oh, that little bit in the background. Yeah, sort of I
0: didn't hear that. Yeah. And then but then on the pick second up, line it says Democrats say.
2: Which is they're saying the exact same thing.
0: Exactly. Right. No matter which side of the political landscape you're on at this point, um <coughs> I think what they're saying it what they're saying is no matter which side of the political landscape you fall on, they're all racist. <laughs> they're just using different language to yeah. express the same racist ideas. Did
1: this really piss off America when they released this?
0: Oh, as if they even heard it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like Manic's not pop- okay. never been popular okay. in America in any way, um, which wait. almost makes it
2: sort of a shame because you think when you write a song, laying down a massive diss.
0: It's still about <laughs> this this us is as a, well, though. Yeah. yeah. This is a diss. Track, a diss track, to, to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> the, the, the actual sort of target. I know it isn't just about America. You could put it. You could say it's about you know generally westernness, but. The, well, I, but the I fact actually, that America Americans wouldn't really hear it is a bit of a bummer.
0: I, I actually think that um whilst it is whilst you can say like it's vague and it's about the you know the general sort of uh uh racial climate of the early nineties, I think it's also like their choice of sample at the beginning gives you the clue that it's actually also very specific and it's about Ronald Reagan mm. and his policies. Um obviously like the idea of conservative figures being celebrated by America. Um, The clip is from, it's an advert for um, a show called Rising Tide, uh, which was uh, like a magazine style show put out by the Republican Party on GOP TV. I actually only just found out what GOP stands for.
2: Good old party. Grand
0: old Grand party. Grand old party. It's yeah. yes, the
2: Conservatives. It's like mm. being the Tories. It's, yeah. They're called the gox. It's the Republicans. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which is, is insane. Anyway, Ronald Reagan. You know who Ronald Reagan is, right? Yes. The 40th President of the United States. Great Na- actor. 1981 <laughs> to 1989. War on Drugs. Well, that is like... Who's Warren on Drugs?
2: They're a good band, actually. yeah.
0: War on Drugs. I can't stand War on Drugs. Oh, no.
2: come on. having a oh, what, opinion
0: are you, with Did you once? make a joke that someone was called Warren Drugs? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it works better with Warren Peace.
1: That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Good. yeah it it's be. the same, though. So, it's so I the don't same. know why
0: it good it's good or bad. It's the same. But,
2: but just going back to it, have an opinion that we share for once. You like you like war on Drugs.
0: No, I don't. I do, uh, We'll find a band that we both like, and they're called Manic Street Preachers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean...
1: Have they deliberately picked a quote there that involves Thatcher?
0: For sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Um, I I love this lyric. To death, there is so much in it. Do you want me to just rattle through the context for everything that I have? Yep. Images of perfection, suntan and and napalm. That is... I fucking love that lyric. (laughs) The the idea of, like... Creates like this image for me of a postcard, that's like perfection, suntan, napalm. <laughs> like that's a very succinct way of um, kind of uh, uh, bringing out or, or like showing America's raison d'être, mm. as oh. it were. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You've so like you done that? better on the oh, pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> raison d'être. R-re-re-re. Grenada, Haiti, Poland, Nicaragua—all are all conflicts the US has been involved in in uh, after World War II. And this, this, as you were saying, Ronald Reagan, great actor. Who should we choose for our morality? I'm thinking right now of Hollywood tragedy. The idea that America would nominate like this—I mean, they've done it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. with a reality. I mean, one TV of, my, one, of my, one of
2: my notes is this song. Ha- it's sort of largely still relevant. In- oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it'll carry on. Like all the, like the racism, racial stuff isn't necessarily as overt as they were maybe back then. Disagree. But still pretty overt.
0: Uh, disagree when he's, you know, I don't want to get too political, but he is putting minorities in cages.
2: Uh, but, okay, him. <laughs> don't invo- don't invoke his
0: name, but we
2: know, yeah. yeah. But i am all meant just in general, like it's not, it's not as racist racism think, isn't as open as it was work, back then. Lucas. But it is still absolutely there.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I lo- I love the next uh, the next line, which is like almost him uh, listing things that are quintessentially American. Big Mac, Smack, yeah. <laughs> Phoenix R and Please Smile. I'm guessing you guessed who Phoenix R. Phoenix are. is River is. Phoenix, right? River Phoenix, who overdosed in a club owned by Johnny Depp. Um, that's and that's a whole other like interesting story that he used to do, uh, like drug binges with John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili. Peppers. when I say he River Phoenix? River Phoenix, yeah. Which is Joaquin's younger brother or older brother? I can't remember which way around it was. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, your idol speak so much of the abyss. Um, yet your morals only run as deep as the surface and then the use of American slang again cool groovy morning fine Tipper Gore was I, used, I always used to think they said Tipper Gore was afraid of mice <laughs> it's, a friend, uh, of it's mine. a friend of mine he's the
1: <laughs> guy to do with explicit she she sorry is
0: yeah. Al Gore's wife yeah second so lady to
1: do with, um, censorship
0: yeah, yeah. 1985 founded the parents music resource centre
2: is that is the wife of the vice president
0: the, second, the lady. second lady. That's like the unofficial um, term, but it's what um, they're known as a lot of the time. I yeah. think that's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like you say, like, yeah, conservatives say there ain't no black in the Union, Jack. Democrats say there ain't enough white in the Stars and Stripes. Same thing. Uh, it's, yeah, the same thing, uh, using just different language. Um, Clinton, President Clinton was in power at the time. Um, and his policies, in particular, kind of drifted a little bit further right, kind of like we saw with New Labour towards the end of the 90s, mm. where Le- Labour became a little bit more centrist and the Democrats became a little bit more Republican. Um, his policies were often like disguised as being tough on crime but affected minority families more than they affected, you know, white, middle-class families. Yeah. Um. I have no idea what Compton Harlem, a pimp-fucked-a-priest means. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: it's the names of two places known to be... Yeah. ...rough. Yeah, well, I was going to say predominantly, and predominantly black, black. Sure. <laughs> uh, And then a pimp-fucked-a-priest, fuck knows. <laughs> yeah, I honestly,
0: honestly don't know. Um, the white man has just found a new moral saviour. And then it goes on to talk about how, like... um, You know, uh, how the media will... Um, view white crime as more important than black crime how white was their skin unimportant just another inner city drive-by thing um, and
2: then sort of another little like the uh, called cool, groovy morning fine just another little line of just basically yeah cool but everything's of great of the day. lovely white yeah. America
0: yeah I'm here to say if the moral majority was a far right uh, moral majority was a far right authoritarian group that supported Reagan who were very Christian anti-abortion Anti-homosexuality. Um, Funny um, racist episode. What a fun episode! <laughs> uh, Zapruder, the first to masturbate. Okay. What? Who wants to have a go on that one? Oh, I already don't know. Who it is. It.
2: I've already clicked it, so I can't take a guess because I've just read it. You
0: should come off of that site because it's just going to give you spoilers. <laughs>
2: but I also like reading it.
0: Yeah, I it's know. interesting.
2: Yeah. Almost like maybe I like reading lyrics more than. You think.
0: <gasps> <gasps> Uh, Abraham Zapruder was the person who filmed the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Right. And the idea of someone being the first to masturbate is uh, kind of the idea of a period of innocence coming to an end. Hmm. You know? that's That has sat with you in some kind of way. I can't tell what your face is making. It's this album, man. <laughs> <laughs> the world's first days of crucified grace. Uh, yeah. The Brady Bill. Um There's a gun law brought in by Clinton. And I like that quote at the end. If God made man, they say Sam Colt made him equal. Obviously Sam Colt, um, manufacturer of guns. (laughs) There's so much to unpick in that lyric. All I could do was like, that's not even interpretation stuff. That is just context for the stuff that is there. There's so many things you could read into that. Musically, I think that it is fucking sinister. And again, catchy. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you write spooky this time, Steve?
0: No, I didn't. It B- B- does B- get B- a bit spooky. A bit spooky. Actually, reminds me of Rage Against the Machine. Wow, mate. So here's an interesting little story that James tells about how he put these these lyrics to music, which I think you might like, Steve, because you're a big fan of musicals. I am. And he said he saw it as West Side Story. I don't know that one. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. It's the, dance, it's it's the dancing, the street <uns��� bowl sittings> gangs, yeah, yeah. For like the, the like the the Sondheim S kind of, kind yes. of like we were doing with yes. You can put like a jazzy kind of inflection yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, and it makes it much more upbeat. I just thought that was an interesting way of tackling that that lyric, as seeing kind of like a lot of the lines almost at odds with each other. Mm. Um, I. Love that song. It's one of my favourite songs You'll ever say recorded. that about every song on this album. That um,
2: is the one where I wrote... Okay, I enjoy the song more now because the lyrics fuck you, Adam.
0: Yes. <laughs> Great song, lyrically. Yeah. Um, just, again, I, I know I'm going on about it, just impressive that you managed to fit any of it to music. That's it, yeah. you
1: read the lyrics and you're like, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. read as lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it uh, also, when, so when I did my lyric read and I made some notes about lyrics... I couldn't remember which songs they were for, particularly. Mm-hmm. So when I went back and listened to the music and it was so quite upbeat musically for some of these songs, mm. like oh, so I really read into Four Stones and Seven Pounds. You
2: did your lyric reading without listening yeah. along.
1: Yeah. Ah, okay. And then I remembered what that song sounded like. I'm like, Jesus. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. very, very different.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: I think that song does strike a chord more than maybe some of the other ones in this album because also it is very still relevant.
0: Like I would argue that every song on this album is still relevant, Ooh. and we'll go into that at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that every song on this album is still relevant. So fuck you. Oh. Um, <laughs> he pointed at Lucas, then thankfully. He pointed at Lucas, but then he wasn't he saying in, it to the
1: audience to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: what, but what Steve didn't see was he winked as if to say
0: big wink. Didn't really, don't big, really mean big that. wink from Adam don't though. Really big mean. wink, yeah. Um shall we move on to of walking abortion. (laughs) I knew that someday I was gonna die.
4: And I knew before I died two things would happen to me. That number one I would regret my entire life, and number two I would want to live my life over again.
1: Shalom.
2: How many songs managed to get the word shalom
1: yeah. into the
2: lyrics?
0: Not many, surely. Yeah, it's
2: remarkable. Remarkable achievement. <laughs> I mean,
1: that song just makes you feel so uneasy. Yeah, it's it's really
0: fucking disgusting, that song.
1: Uh, well, hold on, is it? Little people in little houses, like maggots, small, blind and worthless, the massacred innocent blood stains us all. Yeah, I suppose it is a bit. Um, <laughs> I had to read into it, this one, because... I, I, yeah. So like,
0: there's
1: a lot of stuff being referenced. Serial killers. Oh, they're all over this track. Right. Is it this Um, one or a bit? um, There's there's, a lot of
0: Holocaust imagery.
1: Okay. And just about how there's a, there's a quote from a book. I'm going to get this all wrong, but how uh, males are just purely walking abortions because they're incomplete females.
0: That is what I have the whole quote. If you'd like it. Yes. Um, The male is a biological accident. The Y gene is an incomplete X gene. That is, it has an incomplete set of chromosomes. In other words, the male is an incomplete female, a walking abortion, aborted at the gene stage. To be male is to be deficient, emotionally limited. Maleness is a deficiency disease, and males are emotional cripples. Mm. It's from the SCUM manifesto. SCUM stands for uh, Society for Cutting Up Men. which uh, They were a radical... Feminists that wanted uh, to
1: make men extinct.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. Um, led by Valerie Solanas, who attempted to murder Andy Warhol. Mm. There's a little bit of extra, <laughs> a little bit of extra context for shot you. Shot
1: him. Um, um, two other people, right? I can't. I honestly can't remember. I think she shot three people at the same time. Oh, though. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Isn't, isn't that cool? <laughs> isn't that cool?
0: Um. Yeah. What what so- I like about it is 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 that it's um, it's it's not saying. That it's not saying that men are walking abortions. No, no. no. The song is saying that we are all <laughs> walking abortions, right? <laughs> Which is uh, a fantastic discourse to have in the chorus of a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, carry on with what you're saying. No,
1: that, that that was where I got to it. And just the fact that the song—if you don't even—I mean, you can hear the word abortion quite prominently. Yeah. So you sure. know it's not. It helps obviously on. that it's the but title. The, it, it just has an unease in the song that yeah. makes me feel. I mean, there's that
0: there's that like scratchy guitar and yeah, the kind of background. and that bass. The riff is um, tonally Off quite odd, kilter. Yes, it is. Um, this is a bit more like. It's also a bit more sing-songy than the last two. La 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 la. <laughs> exactly it's like when you could, do like, that to be fair yes and uh, if White America there's a lot of lyrics in there and this is actually by comparison pretty stripped back and yeah. must have been easier to kind of write music to I mm. think Um, Lucas what are your thoughts on the song
2: musically the best so far mm. interesting okay I like it I yeah. like the guitar tone I like the bass tone it's cool so before I read the lyrics I was like so far this is my favourite okay uh, I didn't read deeper into lyrics with this one.
0: Okay. It's okay. I'm going to for you. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and so as a
2: result, I sort of found it not that specific. I was like, I get this song's pretty angry.
0: And yeah. Do, and could, could you get a sense of what it was angry about? And
2: bleak, no. Okay. And so I was just like, I can see this song is bleak and angry. I don't get an ex- a specific sense of what. Okay. And so as a result, it didn't have a huge effect.
0: There is a lot of kind of illusions used in in this song um uh let's let's, let's start at the beginning the the sample is a quote from jg ballard who's an author of the books last exit to brooklyn and requiem for a dream which i think and i think it just sets up the song so well um the idea of like
1: what's the quote at the beginning
0: again um, I knew that someday I was going to die. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I knew that when I died, two things would happen to me. Number one, I would regret my entire life. And number two, I would want to live my life over again. Yeah. Lovely. So that sort of sums up. I, I also think that that kind of sums up the album, which again, we will get to at the end of the. Oh, the da 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 Life is lead weights, pendulum died. This idea that someone is being weighed down by life and the pendulum is no longer <laughs> moving. Um, I think it's. I think what it's angry about is the idea of being, like, lost in the world. I had to look up this word because I'd never heard it before. So there's a line here, Recognize truth as blackest hole. Mm. And Sidia is, is, is a feeling of listlessness and not caring about your position in the world. And it was originally a problem among monks or others who lived, like, a solitary life, which I think Richie felt that he lived. Yeah. Um he would often like isolate himself from the band, like on tour, he'd just be in his own space, he wouldn't mingle a lot. Um and I think yeah, he he maybe sometimes felt like he didn't have a place uh in the world, which I think is what this song is about, and also the problem with that mentality.
1: It would have been so this is a bit of a side it would have been interesting it wouldn't have been interesting. I can't think of the right word how he would have been as a person if he had not been thrown into this rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. Probably Probably worse. Probably the same. I don't know. I don't know. It just crossed my mind just then when you said that. Um, Because surely it's going to exacerbate quite a bit of...
0: For sure, yeah. Mm. It's an interesting thought. Um, I hadn't actually really considered it before.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's not relevant, I guess. I mean, it
0: it won't have helped. <laughs> you
1: know I mean? Because it kind of glorifies that kind of way, yeah, of it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway,
0: sorry, yeah. Tangent. Thank you. Go. Um, so, I, I think that the main thrust of this song is like: if you believe that you don't have a place in the world, and that you don't care about having a place in the world, then you are still morally responsible for the bad things that happen in it, because you not caring is tantamount to you not stopping them from happening. Right. Is that kind of track? Yeah. <laughs> like apathy just means everyone is, is guilty. Um, mm. it, it says, yeah, like, loser, liar, fake or phony, no one cares. Everyone is guilty. We are all of walking abortions. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> which, which is Hebrew for peace. Um, and hello and Goodbye. Um it's a cracking word to get into song. I don't I don't haven't really kind of I heard up shut up. You the heard first, shut up. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, time I heard, I heard shut up also. Yeah. yeah. Ah, so I was surprised when I read it. Um The uh the second verse then kind of it makes the position like the first verse sets up the stuff about feeling listless and not having a place in the world and not caring. And then the second verse Kind of explores um, the ramifications of that or the consequences of it by exploring the rise and fall of fascism.
4: Hmm.
0: So it's Mussolini hangs from a butcher's hook, who was a fascist dictator of Italy before and during World War II. He was allied with the Nazis. And in, uh, I mean, that actually happened in 1945, he was captured and executed. Yeah, he was strung up outside Nessar Garage. Uh, yeah, along with his wife, Pretty much. his girlfriend, his yeah. partner, or something. So it's talking about the public father. death of fascism. Mm. But then it goes on to say Hitler reprised in the worm of your soul. Mm. And just because leaders are dead, it doesn't mean that the ideology is. Um, it also raises those questions of those people that decide
1: to mutilate this dead corpse. Yeah, that lives on in those people. Even yeah, if they were also against, kind
0: of everyone is guilty. Like applies yeah. to that. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, Horthy's corpse screened to uh, a million. Um, Mikloher Horthy was the regent of Hungary, who was also ally- allied with the Nazis. Um, his corpse wasn't actually screened. Um, so I think Ritchie is kind of making an allusion to, again, like the public death of of fascism. Um, and then Tisu revived. I didn't know who any of these people were. I read an interview with James where he was saying he didn't know either right. when he read the lyrics. And he had to go away and look, look up who they were. Uh, Josef Tisu is an anti-Semitic leader of the Slovak Republic, which was a Nazi puppet state and was the first Nazi ally to agree to the deportation of Jews. Um, the horror of a bullfight is like an, an allusion again to public torture. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, it goes on to, for like sort of like the Holocaust imagery, fragments of uniforms, open black ruins... Um, You've no wounds to show, so wash your car in your ex-baseball shoes. Which I always read as you just kind of, like, continue on with life, not thinking about things that don't directly affect you. Hypernormalization. Exactly.
2: Great word.
0: (laughs) But, like, like you've no wounds to show, so you can just carry on about your life. Yeah, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, if you can just, if you turn a blind eye to it, um, that is as bad as... Committing kind of, that? Yeah, as as committing the crime. And obviously the last lines of the song, who's responsible? You, you fucking, fucking are. are. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was a piece of their merch. <laughs> um, yeah. You could buy them on the, on the Holy Bible tour and you could actually, you could buy them on the 2014, 20 anniversary tour as well. I nearly got one. But I, I read that against Richie
1: wrote all these lyrics except for Nicky wrote the, that bit at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he just added that on. The- he said on the front,
0: who's responsible? And on the back, just says, you, you fucking are. Him. That's great.
1: <laughs> the ex-bakes ball shoes
2: thing as well is apparently about uh, merchandising to do with
0: Malcolm yeah. X. You've just... Uh, Clicked on the thing. You've just looked that up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was quite interesting. Bring your own thoughts to me.
2: Well, likely, it's going to likely refer to the merchandising around the time of the 1992 Spike Lee film Malcolm X.
1: That's
0: what oh, which, your, you thought, isn't it? Yeah, That's thought your that. thought, which yeah. Which I disagree with. That's my thought. I thought that. I, I disagree with that. I don't think that the X is that deep. I think that X is replace this X with any brand of shit. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't think the focus should be the X in that. I think it should be the uh, continue getting on with your life thing. Hmm. Um, you mentioned little people in little houses, like maggots, small, blinds and worthless, hmm. which is a quote from... Uh, a notebook written by Myra Hindley's brother-in-law David Smith. That's nice. Isn't People it? are like maggots, small, blind, worthless fish bait. Oh, fun episode. Fun episode. Fun at Listen fun with at. your family. And
1: is <laughs>
2: <laughs> The most fun thing is the fact that uh it's also going to be a really long episode. And so the fun keeps going. Oh, the fun yeah, will yeah. go
0: for another episode after this I okay. think. Okay. The fun never stops. Uh, I think that is one of the best of songs. Uh, One of my favourite songs ever recorded, I think. (laughs) Uh, There's a pattern emerging. There
2: is a pattern emerging. I think you quite actually like this album. (laughs) Hot take. Despite what you said before, I think you like this album. More
0: thoughts on Off Walking Abortion. Good song.
2: Good song. Well, musically, good song.
0: (laughs) Musically, good song. Lyrically, you're not fast.
2: Lyrically, it had the least... We already had this conversation.
1: Yeah. Lyrically, on the surface, you mean, without going into it, like... yeah. What about now we've gone
2: into it a little bit more? I still don't. I still prefer the first two.
1: It's yeah, dense, again, for being yeah. not as many lyrics there compared to the other songs. It's, it's quite a dense thing to mm. It's like a lot being thrown at you, which can put you off. I
2: right? also take a slight issue with the idea. of That by not actively, mm. you know, getting, being against something, you're guilty of it. Because what the fuck can I do?
0: No, I, I... But that
2: I, is also my attitude in in large part about stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh, why aren't you going to protest? Because what's the fucking point? Nothing ever happens.
0: <laughs> Nothing yeah. ever happens. Which
2: is a very apathetic way of looking at it, of, at things in general, but also repeatedly proves itself to be true.
0: Well, who's responsible? You, you fucking, fucking I fucking am. <laughs> it's my fucking fault. <laughs> fuck's sake. No, do, I'm really do, sorry, guys. I do completely agree with you. And I think... One of the interesting things about this album is that it's not always what Richie is thinking. It's just, it's like he's putting an idea out there. Yeah or, yeah. or the band. I should really say the band. The band are putting an idea out there.
2: It's not necessarily the views of the band.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you'll see that on Archives of Pain, um, which is kind of like a, uh, a sister song to A Walking Abortion. Um, okay, we're and gonna... written
2: that. Okay, that one I did look up more about, yeah, and know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we are going to go on to she is suffering. <laughs> Like every breath you take, it does a bit. It sounds very much like The Police. <laughs> this is my least favorite song on the album. Yeah, same.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it seems like it's about feminism, uh, but it just seems a bit off. I don't, I I don't can't think quite, it is. I, I don't think c- it is about feminism. No, but
0: instantly, I, instantly, the she is not an actual she, it's not an actual woman.
2: Isn't it about like just being vapid and, and mm. aesthetic? You could definitely it obsessed, read it like that, yeah. like
1: I, okay. No, pitch. go on. It go kind on, of gives Steve. vibes of um, Little Baby Nothing, but I think uh, if we're going from the feminism route, Little Baby Nothing had more to say because it had a female voice on it as well. Maybe I'm reading too... Uh, l- ...literally into yeah. the words. But it,
0: it just seems like... It has a touch of the male saviour. Yes, thank you. about Th- it. Yes,
1: that's what I'm trying to get
0: at. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that that is... That is definitely the case on a very literal read of the okay, lyrics. Yeah, but I think that the intention is that she is actually the concept of desire. Okay. So that, or, or or maybe the concept of beauty. But either way, or it seems like. Go on. Have they written a very literal male savior song well, and yeah. then thought? Oh, actually, <laughs> I
1: better I better say it's about something. Have they Have they said what it's about?
0: Yeah, um, in bits and pieces. Okay. You know, you have to piece it together from interviews from around the time and stuff. Mm. That's um, what I've written. I th- the whole thing just seems a little bit trite in comparison to the rest of the album. Right, it doesn't have anything that interesting to say, especially when put up against things like "If White America" or "Avoiding Abortion." Mm. Lucas, I assume this is your favourite track on the album? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, <laughs> His
2: face there said yes. My first note says
0: meh. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like Just... it is on there because they needed something a little bit more commercial. Yeah. Was this a single? Yeah. Okay.
2: I don't think it's that. I don't think it's necessarily even the best song, like the most catchy song. There's more catchy songs, as as we've already discussed. That some of the grimmer songs. <laughs> guess are so a single
1: doesn't have to be the catchiest song. Yeah,
2: but sort of singles are tend to be. They're not. You don't put out your weirdest and wildest songs as singles. Who knows what the manics would do? But yeah, yes, I agree. True. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but it is just a, it sort of just drones on and on.
0: A little bit. I mean, I I don't hate it. Uh, no, I hate it it's a ten out of ten. it's one of my favorite songs ever recorded <laughs> is it yeah Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's got some really nice turns of phrase like uh, a vine that can strangle life from a tree. I always find to be quite is it actually, poetic.
2: is because this is your favorite album and it's a ten out of ten album is every song on this album a ten out of ten for you just by the fact that it's on this album
0: this 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 is this is not a song that I actually really like, and I think in terms of the structure of the album. You could get rid of this one, you'd have a slightly more agreeable length of album and you'd go straight from Of Walking Abortion to Archives of Pain and it would continue that run of just absolute bleakness. Because there's nothing that bleak about She is suffering, really. Mm. And um but I don't like kind of think of the Holy Bible as like a perfect album or anything. I think it is a perfect object. Um we listened to the podcast, Blank Check. Yeah. And they described Spirited Away as, uh, the film Spirited Away as a perfect object. It's not even necessarily a film. Uh, and that's how I feel about this album. And I think that it's so, like, this song is so intertwined into the DNA of the album that you can't just get rid of it. Like, there's... Except
2: you did just say that you could get rid of it.
0: I, I think... <laughs> If if this was like if it was up to me and I hadn't heard the album before and it wasn't deemed a classic or whatever, then that would be my note as a producer or something like that. But um, I, I I just you know, it it does have a place on the album. It slows it down a little bit. Maybe you know, maybe it is good to have a breather at that point, like a palate cleanser. Yeah, exactly. Mm.
1: I think I suppose all critically acclaimed art
0: has its flaws otherwise yeah. it's not interesting there's so much bombastic fucking mad shit on this album bombastic that i would <laughs> that really I would give... fantastic basically there's some songs on this album that i would give 11 out of 10 to so i'm just taking those spare points and putting it on sheer suffering okay nice good <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Do you yeah, know what i mean sure. like it's such like a, a, a like yeah, there's so much other stuff on this album that makes up for what I think is a slight dip in quality on track four. But mm.
2: you say it'd be a nice, it's a nice palate cleanser, a nice breather. Mm. I just wish that palate cleanser slash breather was a bit more of an actual good song.
4: Yeah, like bringing
2: sure. it down is good, but I wish the song was actually not as droney and just yeah sort of dull.
0: I mean, later on there's a palate cleanser or like something that brings down the mood called "This Is Yesterday," which is like an incredible song. So it would have been, you know, maybe 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 good to hear something like up up to par with that song. But look, you can't win them all, can you?
2: You can though.
0: Yeah, you can win them all. You can. (laughs) I win at everything. Um, (laughs) This next song is an absolute monster.
2: My opening, I'm going to already give you my first opening note, which says "base Chug or Hill Year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how are you spelling or
2: Hill Year? Well, it's all capitals, so obviously. Okay, yeah, sure. A-W. Base chug, the usual way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Comma space. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or A-W. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell,
0: H-E-E-L-L. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then year is just Y-E. Why? Why? Yeah. Why yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. I like it. Bass chug, um, oh, hell yeah. This is a really good example of what I was talking about in the last episode about how they learned to make music sound evil. Mm. And bearing in mind what this song is about, mm. uh, it's a good time for me to talk about one of the things that I really like about this album that sets it apart from the rest of the Manics discography is that I think this is the perfect meeting of form uh, and function where you would find pop songs on Generation Terrorists with dark meanings. Mm. And now the songs that have dark meanings have just as dark musical qualities. And this song actually does sound like really fucking sinister. Shove it on. Especially with the sample. Um, Do you know who the sample is? No. It is the mother of one of the victims of Peter Sutcliffe. Known as the Yorkshire Ripper Mm. He murdered 13 women And attempted to murder 7 others Between 1975 and 1980 He claims the voice of God Told him to kill the women Mm. So this is again the mother Of one of those victims
3: I wonder who you think you are Do you damn well think You're God or something God give life God taketh it away, not you I think you are the devil itself
0: Lucas, you were saying that this is a song that um, compelled you to look further into it.
1: Death, penalty, death, penalty. Fun episode. I didn't say it compelled me, I just said I did.
0: Well, then you were compelled to.
2: Oh, oh, I just chose that one at random.
0: But yes, I was compelled to, because I was like,
2: like, he's naming a... You just need to argue, don't you? I was like, he's naming a lot of people... Yeah, a lot of bad eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Begs So, like, why? And and obviously, and I was like, this seems like he's advocating sterilising rapists and mm. stuff like that. And I was like, that's a
1: strong. I don't view. think like, they advocate-
2: view. But well, no! But then sorry, turns I'm, out, yeah. from because I read further into it, he's like basically singing from the perspective yes. of characters, somebody who has that view. Not I, Richie. Think we should sterilise rapists? Oh, know. Adam. <laughs> doesn't necessarily agree. I don't know. I,
1: Yeah, it's kind of got this... You're not sure if it's pro or anti capital punishment. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult to work out actually what the internal logic or position of this song is. But it... Yeah. I mean, I'm not allowed to look at genius
2: lyrics anymore, but but there was something that what I read was on there where it was basically saying there was a person who was apparently not quoting, but referencing.
0: Okay, I have a lot of the context here. Do you want a bit of my... Yeah, just, yeah.
1: I think it's just over, like broadly about how all human beings are fucking monsters.
0: Okay. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a similar kind of um, world view as of walking abortion, maybe. Yeah,
1: it's a very broad one. But um, it's mine.
0: <laughs> Sorry, well, let's, let's, let's also, like... I think, I think yes, you could um, take it as 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 it, as it being written from the point of view of someone who believes this, or you could see it all as irony, and it's kind of um, lambasting or, or or is anti the media coverage of people like this, mm-hmm. um, or I don't I don't can really know. Maybe Richie did actually think, you know, was in favour of of the death penalty. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, okay, so when we're talking about people like this, do you want me to go through the list? I mean, yeah. the bit
2: that the, I give them the respect they deserve bit Yeah. could either be I give them the respect they deserve, i.e. let's hang them. But, and that's that, what that's he thinks. That's what they deserve. And that's yeah, what he yeah, thinks. Yeah. Or it's I give them the respect they deserve as in don't talk about them. Right. Don't glorify them. Don't, don't, right, give, them is... the, don't give them the press. Give them the respect they deserve, which
0: is to say absolutely none. Which would yeah, which would tie in with this idea of like anti-media yeah. coverage of it. Let's should we do the, this took me fucking ever. Should we do the yeah? Should we do the list of people? You sound like you're gonna enjoy it.
2: First, really, the big sigh there was. <laughs> it's really the energy that a podcast needs.
0: The, firstly, I've always assumed that the second one was Hussein, but it's not. It's who is saying? Okay. Oh. Which um, is interesting. I can't pass that. P a r s e. I can't, like, it doesn't make any sense to me, which is frustrating. Um, okay. Kill Yeltsin, who's saying? Zirinovsky, Le Pen, Hindley and Brady, Island, Alex Sutcliffe, Dharma, Nilsson, Yoshinariya Ueda, Blanche and Pickles, Armin Milosevic. You ready? Mm hmm. Boris Yeltsin was the first president of the Russian Federation at the time of release of the album. Policies led to wealth being passed to oligarchs and criminals. The Mannix, like, hated him personally. <laughs> um. <laughs> Vladimir Zirinovsky is a right-wing Russian politician who threatened rape and murder to his opponents. Jean-Marie Le Pen is a far-right French politician and leader of the National Front. Um, so what's interesting about those first three, to me, is that they aren't killers. They are just people that, facilitated yeah. that have far-right yeah. um, opinions. And so is Richie saying that these people should be put to death as well?
2: Well, he's essentially putting those alongside Myra Hindley. Exactly. Which is... that Myra the... Hindley
0: and Ian Brady, known as the, the Moors, Moor's Murderers, they are a couple that tortured, raped and murdered five children between the ages of 10 to 17 in Greater Manchester between 1963 and 1965. They are obviously incredibly notorious. They're known as the Moors Murderers because the bodies were buried on Saddleworth Moor. Um, Colin Ireland is a serial killer who targeted gay men. He killed five men in London in 1993 and he killed specifically to become famous and notorious for being a serial killer. He had an obsession around other serial killers. Uh, Beverly Allitt was a nurse. I believe she's actually known as the Angel of Death. Uh, She murdered four Mm -hmm. children in 1991 using gas bubbles in their bloodstream and insulin.
2: So these were kids that were in hospital? Yes. She clinically... Yes. Wow. Wow.
0: Uh, Peter Sutcliffe, we covered at the beginning of the uh, section on this song. Jeffrey Dahmer was an American serial killer, folk who targeted young men um, practicing rape, dismemberment, cannibalism, necrophilia. He was actually murdered in prison in 1994. Uh, Dennis Nilsen uh, was kind of actually known as the British Jeffrey Dahmer. He's a Scottish serial killer and necrophile. He murdered at least 12 men between 1978 and 1983 in London. He would lure victims home before strangling them or drowning them and would then bathe and dress the body before dissecting and disposing of the remains. Uh, Yoshinori Ueda murdered five people in Osaka between 1992 and 1993. Eugene Terre Blanche um, is a South African politician and white supremacist. Judge James Pickles is a British judge who made controversial statements. He claimed that rape victims were asking for it. Idi Amin uh, was the dictator of Uganda during the 1970s. He ran a very brutal regime, and that regime was responsible for the deaths of an estimated 100,000 to 500,000 people. Slobodan Losevic, a Serbian and Yugoslavian politician charged with war crimes during the Yugoslavian War. Give them The respect they deserve.
1: I feel sad.
0: It's a fun episode. It's a
1: fun ep. Fun ep. Yeah, it's like... No wonder this has been getting you down reading into this. Uh, (laughs) I've spent
0: so much time on Wikipedia Yeah, being like, how many people did that person kill again? (laughs) Huh. Um, Okay, so... The lyric is so good and it's so bleak. The center of humanity is cruelty. Uh, don't be ashamed to slaughter. There's this idea of like there is never redemption any fool can regret yesterday. Like, don't believe people if they are, you know, espousing regret for what they'd done like Myra Hindley did when she was in prison which is referenced again when he says a drained white body hangs from the gallows is more righteous than Hindley's crochet lectures the idea that he would rather see her hanged than listen to her repent for her sins i suppose
2: because he just doesn't believe
0: yeah that i guess she can yeah um this line always Like, makes me uh, just feel certain ways. Pain, not penance, forget martyrs, remember victims. The weak die young, and right now we crouch to make them strong. Uh, The idea that, like, serial killers are maybe weak members of society and that they should be killed off, but what we're doing at the moment is elevating them and kind of, making them more prominent in society and that actually we should be focusing our attention on the victims and their relatives, not on the, people. the killers. Well, Which that... is
2: still a problem to this day. But also every absolutely. single yeah. time there is a you killer could... or some kind of something like that, it's always
0: about... Tell me, man, this is a relevant album. You could
1: argue that having this song and shouting out all these people's names, though, is doing exactly what it's
0: trying to say. Right? Absolutely. Yep. And the Mannix have always said they're nothing but hypocrites. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: But
2: then you say about we're making them... uh, that The line could mean we're making them stronger by not killing them. Mm. Or, like you say, the other take is we're making them strong by giving them press.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
2: Have they come out and said which take it is? No.
0: No, why would they? Um, Because it's not
2: art. Because I want to know. So it'd be nice of them to tell me.
0: I don't think that they know. James Dean Bradfield has said that a lot of the lyrics on this album made him feel awkward when he sang them and that he didn't understand this lyric when he got it.
2: That must be an interesting position for him to be in actually, because it's not, obviously it's not super common for the primary lyricist to not be yeah. the singer. I mean, it does happen obviously. So he's but...
0: given this ream of like lyrics and has to like inhabit that and work out how that song should sound. Mm. Do you know even I
2: mean? not just, not just then having to put music to it, but also having to go up on stage or in a booth or whatever and sing it. When it's not necessarily anything he feels, or yeah. it's just sing it because these are the lyrics.
0: Although maybe that also like uh, makes them easier well, that yeah. he doesn't have to connect with them on that kind of level. Yeah. Does um, he ever write any lyrics of any? any Later lyrics? on in the career, he does. Yeah. Right. Um. So that list of names. Did you catch that on the second go round? He doesn't say Milosevic at the end. Right. Did you, it says Milosovic. That's how you say Milosovic. Oh yeah. Wait, don't that, don't look it up. Have you looked it up already?
2: Well, in which case, the thing I'm looking at is wrong because it says Milosovic. Yes. Again. A lot
0: of thing, A lot of places have this wrong. Let's uh, see if we can see if we can hear it. Did you hear that? Did not. It's it's difficult to understand exactly what it is. I always thought it was uh, my electric guitar, which would have been such a statement. <laughs> like listing your electric guitar with a bunch of uh, it respects murderers, respects it deserves. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's actually the band name. He, he lists Manic Street Preachers as one of the people in that list. list that listen again. Listen to it again. So Blanche and Pickles are in Manic Street Preachers.
2: nice oh yeah Yeah. lovely one of those things you'd never spot unless you've read it and been
0: told yep yeah, that is cool as fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's just really cool yeah. there's no real like other way to say it um, the solo on this song is insane as they all are yeah there's some soloing on this album should we hear a bit of it I might, I might yeah <laughs> I've just realised what a bad idea it is to play that solo because it's about two minutes long. But at the yeah. same time, slaps so. though. Oh, it, it, fucks. Oh, it <laughs> fucks. That solo is That's absolutely solo. incredible. Dicks. Um, please give me more thoughts on Archives of Paint. If you I'm
1: happen. just so overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'll be honest. It's an overwhelming like, album. Um, it's just
0: dense. Like, you're just listing through all those people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, you know, I feel I've got, wiped. I've got a page worth of notes on serial killers. And that's not even... That's probably like 10% of the song. Adam just had that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, not I also many
2: songs can say they've just yeah. listed a shitload of serial killers. Yeah, um, yeah I
0: guess so. You know. <laughs> um, the Birdie song. Not what many. What is that song? That one. What do you hear when you put the Birdie song on? You know, like everyone else does.
1: Destroy everything. I am God. You don't hear we that in the Birdie probably, song. Uh, <laughs> we should stop. What? We should, what we we should do? stop recording Sorry? for today. You, you know, um, I
2: said, you know you what I said looking... about the, why didn't they intervene? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't they stop seeing the
1: cracks and intervene?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is this our red flag? This <laughs> is our red flag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: know why you guys...
0: What? Uh, the the, uh, the line that you picked out, sterilise rapists. All I preach is extinction. Is Grim. Yeah, calling for all of humanity to die. All I preach is extinction. Mm. Lovely stuff. <sighs> What's a funny story. <laughs> wonder what happened to the power pack. I mean, that's like such a, a monumental song uh, in their career, I think.
2: I can't wait for 1% of our audience to get that reference.
0: I... Uh, mm. <laughs> Uh before we go into this can I just say that like finally like you know six tracks into the album something a bit fun
4: uh, I- <laughs>
1: Revolves love her backwards
0: Yes <laughs> That is true It's so yeah. also
2: Half of the word revolution
0: Oh, oh uh, Shit What the fuck is this song about? I've absolutely not I've okay. actually written here What the fuck is this song about? Uh, I've oh, it's written, got a list of leaders That's funny I've written hello, He, well, well, I've he written,
1: slags them all off a little bit He makes I've, little uh, pops What? I have no idea what this is about
2: He makes little pops <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm so glad you wrote that down Yeah that was at 4.30am huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's good though well, go He sorry. makes a load of disses
1: It's a diss track
2: It's, a diss track. it's, it's another a diss track, diss track. Diss track.
0: Yeah. Classic Richie he diss track
2: disses a load of world leaders By like popping like little 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 jabs at them mm. Yeah Why you, That'll show
0: them Would you like a, a take on it? please? Also
2: there's some Holocaust stuff in there
0: There is some Holocaust Which is nice there, Which is par for the course at this point mm. In the yeah. album um here, here is a take on it that I have taken from elsewhere on the internet that I thought was very interesting because I was having real trouble with this song. No read that I could give it would possibly like fit. Okay, so the world leaders in the first verse are chronological um uh Soviet leaders. hmm Lenin, Stalin, Khrushchev, Brezhnev, Gorbachev, Yeltsin. It omits two, but they are um they are That's chronological, order. right? And the sexual acts kind of describe those leaders' political styles. Okay, Mr. Lenin awakened the boy um, because Lenin kind of aw- awakened, awoke communism. Stalin bisexual um, because he led like a period of a lot of polarization okay. in politics. Khrushchev. Um, Remind me, remind me what the lyric for Khrushchev is.
2: Self-love in his mirrors.
0: Uh, oh, because he wanted to become leader for kind of like the fame, like ego. <sighs> yeah, yeah. He was just kind of glad to be leader rather than having any actual idea of how to lead the country. Brezhnev married into group sex. Um, basically a group of old conservative people were in charge. It wasn't really one leader. It was a group of people. Group sex. Yeah. Gorbachev... Um, he helped to end the Cold War but it also destroyed the Soviet Union and he thought he was doing the right thing um, but ultimately his policies kind of led to a failure and Yeltsin uh, failure in his own impotence was like the Mannix as I discussed on Archives of Pain just generally saw him as a failure that is a take what's Revol? it's lover backwards okay (laughs) fine
2: (laughs) also half of the word revolution or
0: revolutionary. fine okay yeah um nikki has said that it's it it might be about how relationships in politics and relationships in love always fail okay
2: that's nice
0: (laughs) agreed
1: it's one of the less dark (laughs) takes (laughs) um
0: and then there are some german words lebensraum is living space which is a component of Nazi German ideology used to justify territorial expansionism Kulturkampf which is German for culture struggle which is a term used to refer to efforts by Prussian Prime Minister Otto von Bismarck to suppress Catholicism in Germany through legislation in the 1870s it's a fun episode <laughs> <laughs> raus is out which is what would be shouted at Jews in the time of concentration camps juden uh-huh. raus um, and fila is Italian for former line which fila, is fila. another thing that they would say in concentration camps, camps. during uh, the fun, uh, fun. hollow course. it's a fun episode So, <sighs> everyone else having a really shit time <laughs> <laughs> Um it's diff- it's honestly difficult to say like whether I'm having a good time or not to yeah be honest. <laughs> yeah like well, you're, it is you're when you listen
2: your lifelong name like of discussing is... this album at length with yeah. other people who
0: are actually but doesn't listening to refl- reflet- you reflect the album though
1: yeah do you have a good time you listen to ho-
0: the Holy Bible? Kind of and kind of not. it makes me feel aggressive. by which I mean the
1: audiobook of the Holy Bible <laughs> <laughs> read by the author. <laughs> oh my God um, oh my God <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. carry on. Me and Lucas just pointing
0: at each other. <laughs> pointing at each other, thing ever. It makes me feel aggressive and tense. Adam is
2: literally and like, like I'm curling up in a little ball Adam's on
0: folded his chair, in yeah, self like ten I'm, times. Like I'm holding my breath. This is, is how the Holy Bible makes me feel. Mm. Um, I've got no fucking idea what the second verse of this song is about. It mentions Napoleon. Chamberlain, who was a British Prime Minister. Trotsky, who was a Russian revolutionary. Che Guevara, who was an Argentine revolutionary. Pol Pot, who was the leader of the Khmer Rouge, who we heard about on repeat, Lucas's favourite fucking track. And Farrakhan, <laughs> who's the, the leader of the Nation of Islam. And I've got absolutely no fucking idea what the second verse is about. Uh, uh, someone got in contact with me on Twitter and when I said, like, is there anything that you want us to cover um, coming up on the podcast, uh, especially in regards to the Holy Bible? And he said... Um, what, what is Revol about and what is that sound, uh, that scraping kind of sound on the intense humming of Evil? And I don't have an answer for him on either of them. <laughs> and I just want you to know, if you're listening out there, I really did give it a go on Revol <laughs> But it is absolutely impenetrable and that's kind of what I love about it. Yeah. The music's fun. Also, you're yeah, guaranteed
2: yeah. he's not going to listen to the next episode now because you've already spoiled that oh, you're not no. going to answer his second question. Oh. So we've lost
0: him he's gone oh, damn yeah he's gone <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and ju- just to prove that they know it's fun as well yeah, you spot yeah. in the last chorus there's a shanana <laughs> shanana rival
1: <laughs>
0: there actually <laughs> he's is having some fun let me see if I can find it He says Shanana so angrily as well. Shanana! <laughs> Should we talk about James's voice briefly? It's so good on this album.
1: <laughs> he's hitting some high registers. He
0: is, and he's so livid, and there's so much passion in his voice, And but it's also produced horribly. It sounds, like, really thin and mm. um, caustic. Compared to Gold Against the Soul, which is very, very, very rich. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. But it's interesting that you say he sounds angry when he didn't write these angry, angry lyrics. Isn't that interesting? Right,
1: but- so either he's a he's good actor. Because a or lot of it. Well, musical. a lot of the songs
0: are uh, from a point of a character.
1: So he's a performer, right?
0: But also, like he wrote the music, and the music's very aggressive as yeah. well. Also, just. The, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any way to read some of these lyrics and not think, "Oh, I should sing that angrily." Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. The subject matter. <laughs> does he exclusively is... write
2: the music. Like, does he literally go to Nicky and says, "Here's the bass part. Here's a player. Here's what you're going to do," or uh, do they sit down and you know have an input?
0: I think at this point in their career, in 1994, I think James is writing all of it, but Nicky he...
2: just saying, "Here's a tab. I, Here's a tab for the bass." Sometimes <laughs> I think
0: he definitely wrote the bass part for Archives of Pain. Because it's so like <coughs> instrumental to the song, Um but Nikki's getting better at bass at this point. Now, like Nikki says that James still shows him the root notes and then he'll right like, dance Play around. It around. The, yeah, um, but uh, it, it's worth saying that it's James and Sean who write the music. Sean's very musically sort of minded as well as James. Oh, so
2: Sean does more than I thought.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. And I think on that note, <laughs> we are actually going to end this episode. Um, we're just under halfway through the album. Um, join us in a couple of weeks time. Um, I have some uh, some massive thank yous to do because this is such a dense album. I couldn't have done it without lots of research from lots of different places. Um, so I've used my sort of normal sort of things of like, Uh, going on the Forever Delayed forum all of you guys on Twitter really helped out that was really helpful follow us on Twitter by the way at Maddox Podcasts and um, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram Uh, I also used the book uh, On the Holy Bible by David Evans that was incredibly useful I used Repeat uh, Fanzine which is an incredible resource for the Holy Bible uh, online I'll put a link in the show notes Um, Shotes Shotes Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean we are halfway through the album and I feel drained yeah um, so uh, thank you so much for listening and remember that uh, we we live in Owen it's and or something Sean right. Sean so, bye. <sighs> bye
1: bye bye bye
0: Hello, uh, Adam here. Uh, That was all very serious in places, wasn't it? Uh, We just wanted to let you know that next week you're actually going to get another episode. We're going to drop our first ever bonus episode. Uh, It won't be the second part of the Holy Bible. That will come out as scheduled in two weeks' time. Um, And we're going to be doing a few of these bonus episodes that will release in the weeks between albums. But not every time. You can expect things like commentaries for Mannix films, documentaries or live videos they've put out, um, question and answer stuff with us, some really silly things, of which next week is one of them. And also some, in the the distant future, there'll be some very focused interviews with some special guests that don't fit into the pattern of going album by album. Um, So keep your eyes peeled for those. Next week is the first one. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Um, It's not terribly Mannix related. It's tangential to the podcast. Uh, You'll probably either really enjoy it or really hate it. It's very silly. Uh, But until then, uh, until then, I'll see you then, is what I was going to say. That's fine.